VSide podcast is made possible thanks to Drama Victoria. Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we're talking about a drama module we run at our school across year 7 and 8 that focuses on designing for theatre. We get lots of requests from people asking what programs we run in schools and we thought this design module might be a great place to start the conversation. We have a range of modules students can choose from at the college. These include Acting Essentials, which covers character and script analysis, blocking and taking direction, diction, articulation, accent and projection training, using the expressive and performance skills and collaborating on improvisation. We have a two-year improvisation program that students can elect to be involved in that teaches the varied skills needed as an improviser. We have a dance module for choreographers and dancers. We have a Shakespeare and Classics module where students learn and explore theatre styles and history through creative play. But we also have an option for those students who love designing, working backstage and exploring theatre tech. We call these two modules Cruise Control and Delightful and Dramatic Design. We spell the Cruise Control C-R-E-W apostrophe S. Yes, we're brilliant wordsmiths. Both are created to slowly introduce the Vic Carrick drama syllabus while also capitalising on their passion for design. You can imagine that this module is popular for those who are shy, creative and often scared of the stereotypical drama class. But that's not always the case. It's great to have passionate actors in the course who want to be exploring design too. This happens frequently, and although sometimes I wish they took the Acting Essentials class, they bring depth and knowledge to the course, and I'm grateful for their input. So, let's get to it. How does it work? Our modules run for a nine-week term twice a week in two-hour blocks, with a showing at the end of the term of our work. But the same content could easily be taught over a semester or a year. We have 36 hours of content, but really 35 with the showing. That's a lot of time to explore a range of theatre tech and design tools, but with 18 to 26 students, it can be tricky too. So what does it actually look like? Week 1. We start with some great fun, get-to-know-you, formative, informal assessments. For example, the activity, Where Do You Stand? This activity is pretty simple. Just group the students in the centre of the room and tell them that one end of the room is no and the other end of the room is yes. Just make it clear they know which end is no and which end is yes. And the middle is, of course, somewhere in between. Ask yes-no questions about drama and theatre to find out where people are at. For example, I chose this drama module because I do not like acting. How much do you agree with that statement? They'll go all the way to yes, all the way to no, or somewhere in the middle. I have seen a live theatre show before. No, yes, somewhere in the middle. I get stage fright. Yes, no, somewhere in the middle. I have worked backstage before. And then, of course, you want to throw in some fun questions like, I think mint chocolate is a tolerable treat. Once we have had some fun playing together, we explore some new vocab and do an answer race. Uh, the group is divided into three groups and they have the challenge of finding the correct definition of a bunch of words first. First group to have all the definitions first wins. Uh, you lose if your speed makes you wrong. Uh, you can use Kahoot for this and create a kind of online quiz, but it can just be a research race as well. Words we use in the module like input, output, cue, pan, tilt, frequency, DMX cables, power, dimmer. Everyone participates in this challenge. And it's funny with words like pan and frequency. 
people go straight to the first definition they find on Google. And I do make it very clear, do not go with the first word you find on Google because the first definition of pan is probably not going to be the kind of pan we're looking for in terms of light and sound. We don't need to hear about frying pans in this module. Okay, then we go about having a practical challenge. There are four text stations and four groups. Like a round robin in PE, each group gets 10 to 15 minutes to complete the tech task. Without any pre-learning, apart from the vocab session earlier, where we talk about male and female cables and how the data flows through a system, the vocab section gives them all they need to know about the basic setup. I have a sound desk in one corner of the room with all the cables nicely laid out. They have to work out how to connect the device to the sound desk, the sound desk to the speakers, turn it on and play a song. Very basic, but it teaches them how the cabling works and what goes in where. And of course, lets them problem solve as a group. I've done this many times over the years and every group has found success. They do often forget to turn the power on and uh, that is hilarious. When I say the power on, I mean on the wall. Everything's connected, everything's working, and they can't work out why there's no sound coming out. Hilarious. I also have a lighting desk ready to go with all the cables laid out neatly. They need to work out how to fade a light. There's a cheating way by just plugging it right into the wall, but then of course they can't fade it. All they can do is turn it on. They then adapt and work out how to patch it into the dimmer, dimmer to the lighting desk, and then they fiddle with the dials until it works. Again, they often forget to turn it on at the wall, but apart from that, uh, they do really well in this challenge. The last two challenges are design challenges. One is sound design using Adobe Audition or similar. They must download three royalty-free songs from a website I give them, and then they have to edit them into a 15-second sound bite with one crossfade and three seconds of silence between two of the songs. This teaches them the basics of sound editing and at least how to download and add media to the program. The final challenge is set design. Using a script excerpt from the start of Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, the group must read the stage directions on page one and design a set on paint or Google drawings that includes everything in the description. They may use Google images for inspiration. So now you have a group of people that can turn on a light, edit sound, design a set and use the sound desk. It's time for our first big task. This is a Foley artist mini workshop where they are given a physical script, a list of actions with no words that they must create a sound design for. Like a Foley artist on a film set, they are required to go through the BBC free sound effects vault and download appropriate sound effects for the script. It's very simple. Open a door, walk to a chair, scrape the chair, open a lolly, eat the lolly, throw the lolly in the bin, blah 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 blah. Once they have compiled their sounds, they put them together and act out the scene to show they know how to rehearse timings, how to be precise. This is a soft way into the performance skills. And then there's a showing, of course, of all those pieces. Uh, week two, we talk about the C word. That's right, it starts with C, there's an NT in there. That's right, context. Before every task from now on, I ask for them to work out the context. Who are you? Where are you? What are you doing? Why are you doing it? What is your relationship? What do you want? Then we jump into media and character workshops. This week, it's about incorporating media and sound with performance. They're given a short script to bring to life. The first script is an easy scene with difficult media, and the other is a more difficult character scene with easier media. The challenge of task one is to find an appropriate backdrop. We have smart whiteboards at our school and we bought an old projector for very cheap so we can um, actually project images behind the actors while they work. The scene is about some kids who are driving a car or on a roller coaster or on a boat or similar but it's out of control. 
One loves the speed, two wants the car to stop, and three isn't buckled in properly. It's a very short scene, but it's high energy and very clear what the situation is. And it's easy for new actors. Now they have to find a video on YouTube or similar to go behind the scene. The challenge here is perspective. It can't be a video of the front of a car, because that doesn't make sense. It has to be a POV from the rear window, with the landscape moving away from the car or the boat or the roller coaster. The second acting scene utilizes an app called 3D Viewer in Mixed Reality, where you can film a scene on your tablet or computer and add in live 3D creations. In this scene, a young child is excited to buy a puppy or similar, and a reluctant parent keen for them to choose so they can leave. They film this scene, so stage fright isn't an issue here, and show it on the screen afterwards. They have freedom to choose the animal in question, and it's often funny what they pick sometimes. Because the focus is on the tech, the performance work is often quite strong. It doesn't appear to be the focused, when really, that's what it's all about. Because of the focus on answering the context questions earlier, they're often able to know who they are, where they are, and then bring that scene to life. As long as you're there obviously giving directions and tips and help. If they finish the class quickly, or the tasks quickly, or there's a small group, we then go into another longer acting scene where they encounter something terrifying. Now they go outside, film in 3D mixed reality, and come back with that footage, and then interact with it live. So here we have software interacting with live theatre. The focus is on the media, and the fear of performing is lessened. But by now, everyone is usually totally on board. So you might go outside, film a Tyrannosaurus stomping through the forest using your 3D viewer mixed reality, and then come inside, project that onto the screen, and then interact with this dinosaur as it tries to chomp and bite you. Once again, filmed media interacting with live theatre. Week 3, Scene Transitions. This is a task where the groups of six perform a scene, and they need to work out with lighting, sound, and media how to create clear transitions between the scenes. They create a simple cue sheet for another group to follow. LX for lighting cues, SQ for sound cues, and media for media cues. Here, three scenes are clearly separated, and they must establish location and mood using sound, lighting, media, and acting. Creating a clear cue sheet is something they learn throughout this task, because if they put the, the LX at the wrong place, or the SQ in the wrong place, or it's confusing to read, then their scene is not going to flow well, and their media is not going to work, and their blackouts are going to come at the wrong time. It's a great learning curve for students. Week 4, Set and Costume Design. Katrin Brack Written Responses. I provide students with a Google form with info and videos on Katrin Brack, who worked with found objects to create her sets. She is magnificent. We then use found objects in our space to create symbolic sets. We talk about how chairs, desks, paper, ties, and other found objects have powerful symbolic meaning. The students then create sets based on a list of locations I give them, and then they must use these found objects to realize the location, symbolically or literally. We then have a National Theatre Jobs online experience. National Theatre has a great selection of theatre job videos, uh, what they do, what it's like day to day, and the joy of the job. I ask students to watch three of these 22 videos, the three that appeal to them the most, and then explain why to the group. Why have they chosen to watch the stage manager video, or the director video, or directing movement video? What appeals to them about that, about costume design or sound design? direction or movement direction, stage management. There's 22 videos that they could look at. 
Week 5, Neutral Scripts, Media, Sound, Lighting, and Costume. As a group of three, they've produced the longest scene work yet, with about five to eight lines each. This neutral script has no character names or stage directions, just lines that could be interpreted a number of ways. Their job is to establish context, as always, using the design elements, including costumes. They now have access to the costume room for this task. Uh, with about ten different neutral scripts to choose from, we can reproduce this task a number of times. Week 6, Lighting and Monologues. Now we talk about intimate lighting and mood. Students choose one lighting state from a list of six and they present a short five-line monologue by themselves as their partner does the lighting from their phone or a handheld torch. The choice of lighting is the point here. Why did they choose that state for this monologue? The monologue is about fear of getting involved. Something is happening that you do not want to get involved in, but you know you should. Lots of scope for great conversations. Week 7, Set Design on CAD. Here we do some 3D set designing on a program called Tinkercad, a user-friendly CAD program for beginners, worth checking out well before you introduce it to your students. But they can create all kinds of awesome designs using this basic software program. First I ask them to recreate a simple set design, which is mainly squares and spheres. Then I give them the full script of Beckett's breath, and some images and examples of the set design. And then we let them go and indulge their creativity. We then work in groups to create this for real using found objects and objects from home. We talk about Beckett, absurdism, symbolism, and the power of design in a play with no actors. Week 8, Noir. This is probably the most challenging session for most, as it includes the longest script and the most nuance in performance. But the design elements here are fun. We explore noir film and theatre, including expressionism and the symbol of light and dark in a wonderful grey world. Heroes, villains, and everyone else in between. They rehearse and design a scene which includes betrayal, backstabbing, and a reversal of fortune. It's lots of fun, and I give lots of the time for rehearsing and designing. This is also the only week I give explicit homework, although every week if they haven't learnt their lines, that's what they need to do. I let them know it's really going to be quite difficult for them to learn their lines in this session alone, and this is the only time I'm asking for homework, and this is one of the most nuanced challenges, and we're going to ask them to do the work at home. It's obviously up to them if they do or they do not, but this is an assessment, so please do the work at home. After watching all the noir scenes, we do an activity called Fill the Gaps. It's almost a playwriting task. In our final session before rehearsals of the showing, we work on how to interpret scripts with gaps. I give them unfinished, scripted, or edited down works. They must find out what the missing lines are. This provides them with a chance to think about the scene and the characters and have it make sense. They then add their own lighting, sound, media, and direction to the scene. And when I say they work out what the lines are supposed to be, they don't Google the scripts. They have to work it out as a team. They have to be creative. Week 9, Scene Selection and Rehearsal. They choose their favourite task from the unit, and they tell me what they want to show. We then ensure everyone gets a go with some double-ups, and we can go about creating a cue list, readying the media, and creating a full show with seamless transitions. We work on our skills and create this 15-minute showing that encapsulates the work that we've done over the term. We also learn about programming lights, media, and sound, so it can be seamless. They operate lighting, sound, media, and control all the set and costume changes that need to occur. We then practice and rehearse and refine, and they run the whole show. It doesn't always go 100,000% smoothly, but it's usually pretty good. We have about 10 to 20 students who participate in our tech tuition club after school, so we do have a passionate base of tech students who are keen to do well. Our co-curricular productions, musicals and plays are stage-managed, tech-managed, prepped, programmed by students, so there is an aspirational element to our design modules that is present. 
They want to do well and they want to learn, which I know is often half the battle. But that's our design module in a nutshell. That is all from us at The Aside. There are a load of episodes in the bank, so feel free to go through those and find one that piques your interest. We have a range of episodes on a number of different topics, with interviews with directors and actors and top-class student work, tips for the rehearsal room and theatre-style breakdowns. If you have a suggestion for an episode, feel free to email us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Find us on Facebook, or you can ask a question. We get a number of emails and Facebook requests each week, and we are happy to help Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. Thanks to Aaron Searle for providing the music. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And of course, thank you for listening.